You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We are continuing our, our series that we've been doing throughout the season of Lent. Uh, it is a look at the Apostles' Creed. And we're taking these uh, line by line, looking and examining them. Last week, Roger talked about the universal church, the Holy Catholic Church, and how we should love and bless every part of the body of Christ that is uh, Christ-centered and life-giving, that we should bless it and prefer it and be united with it uh, in spite of our differences. And and today we're going to bring the focus closer to home with the communion of saints. Uh, I'm very, very thankful that as I look around this room today, I'm seeing lots of saints. Yes, I am. I know we just celebrated St. Patrick's Day, but, you know, we got some living saints living in this room. Kristen, did you know that you are married to a saint, St. Tim? Did you know that? Did you know that? Are you aware of that? Are you, are you aware of that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you are. you are. You are married to a saint. Yes, you are. And uh, Bob, I, I'm sure you already know that you are married to a saint, right? St. Sue, you know that. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, according to Scripture, you are a saint. And Dan, of course, you know that you're married to a saint. St. Anna, you know that? Yes, you do. Yes. And Anna, I got to say, Based on Scripture, based on Scripture, you are married to St. Dan, St. Daniel. So, yes, it's just one of those powerful realities that I want to remind you about this morning. Uh, Saints are those who are in Christ Jesus, followers of Jesus, the body of Christ, God's people, the church. And, and you, if you are, have accepted the gift of salvation that God offers through Jesus, through his sacrifice, you, my brothers, you, my sisters, you are saints. And the word in the Greek is uh, uh, hagios, which means holy and consecrated to God. We've given our hearts and our lives to God. And, and it's interesting that in almost all occurrences of the word saints, in Scripture, it is plural. It is a grouping. It is a grouping of people set apart for the Lord and for His kingdom. And all Christians are saints, and we are also called to be saints. Simultaneously, we are, are receiving that mandate. You are saints because our, of our, our standing in Christ Jesus, and we are simultaneously called to live like saints as the Holy Spirit does his wonderful work in all of our hearts and lives, making us more and more like Jesus. So this line that we're talking about today, the communion of saints, uh, what is that? Well, the communion of saints in terms of the big picture, the big part of the body of Christ, it's that whole community, the entire whole community of faithful followers of Jesus, both living and dead, past, present, and future. Those who will become part of the family of God, those who will become part of, of God's people. Uh, this, is, this is what we're talking about today, the communion of saints. We exist in the, the 21st century here in the year 2022, in April, uh, on this first Sunday. 
but we have a long legacy of, of people uh, throughout the body of Christ who've gone before us and those who will follow after us as we continue to do the work of Jesus' ministry, to love him and do his ministry and carry out his calling to us to, to go and make disciples. Um, I love uh, from time to time going and reading Hebrews 11. If, you, if you're familiar with Scripture, you know that in the, in the New Testament, Hebrews 11 is that pastor, sort of a passage, is sort of a, a hall of fame of faith. It's a line-by-line -line listing of people in the Old Testament uh, who were amazing examples of faith. They were not perfect people, okay? They were highly imperfect people, but they were commended for their faith in this, in this chapter. It highlights some of the people celebrating their acts of faith like Abel and Enoch, Noah, uh, Abraham and Sarah. And it says in verse 13 of chapter 11, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And the list continues. It includes people like Isaac and Jacob, Joseph, Moses' parents, Moses, Rahab, a prostitute. She's in this list. And it goes on in verse 32. The writer of Hebrews says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, uh, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. This is part of our church family that we want to celebrate. And that we, when we consider the communion of saints, this includes that, that group, that wonderful group of people uh, on whose shoulders we stand as the church, the capital C church. And, and where the Holy Catholic Church represents the universal church, the communion of saints represents this local church. Like for us, Vineyard Church of Augusta, uh, a church plant that was started back in 1987 in Evans. Uh, and although we're a relatively young church, we have our own saints who've gone before us, who are no longer with us, saints who made a big impact on the life of this church and the legacy of this church. People like, like uh, Penny Elliott. A few of you will remember that name. She was one of our very first children's uh, ministry coordinators, one of our first children's pastors, an amazing woman who had a heart for ministering to kids and laid a legacy that continues in our kids' building and today. And, and, and incredible people like, like Bill Barrett, uh, an amazing guy who, who spent hours and hours and hours, probably more time than a lot of our staff have even spent in this building, wiring and fixing and, and coordinating sound and computers. Uh, even the last couple of weeks as we've had some work done on, on the lighting in here, Rogers made comment about how wonderfully Bill set up some lights to be able to give us some flexibility in, in even making changes today. Those are some of the people who gave of their time and their energy and their passion to serve God's purposes. Our church family past, today, our church family present. And the things that we do in terms of our outreaches and our ministries, uh, we're doing them for 
the church family that will come in the future. These are expressions. These are acts of obedience, acts of faith that we do in Jesus' name to see more and more people brought into the family of God that we sang about, the communion of saints here in the local church. Now, let's talk about the church. The church is not one of people's favorite topics in terms of uh, general culture today for a number of reasons. Um, And uh, I wanted to say this, that although the church is not the kingdom of God, it is the primary instrument of the kingdom of God. And that is by God's design. That is not by man's design or woman's design. That is by God's design that he would take his church and it's not make it the kingdom of God the rule and reign of God, where there is peace and where there's joy and where the Holy Spirit comes and sets things right. But we are to be the primary instrument of seeing that happen in our own lives and in the world around us as we say yes to the Holy Spirit, as we welcome his presence to come and do his amazing work in each one of us. The church is not the kingdom of God because, again, it's not a place that's perfect. It's not a place of God's peace all the time. Although there are those times as we worship, there are those times as we welcome the manifest presence of God that we do experience his peace and his joy and where we see him set things right in terms of relationships and physical healing, situations and circumstances of life. But I, as a, I've been a pastor for a long time. I've been in the church all my life, all right? Been in the church all my life. I do know, not know life Uh, apart from being actively involved in the church. I mean, I'm one of those people, even in college, a thousand miles away, I I had a church. I went to church every Sunday. It was, uh, I needed it. I needed that family. I was far away and I needed that connection. And God provided me an amazing church uh, while I, a church family, while I was in college a thousand miles away. And I know still that a lot of people don't hold the church in a lot of high regard. And i got to be honest, there are a lot of reasons why they're able to to, to feel that way. Uh, And, and, you know, I I just want to say this. I know that the church, I know that there are many in the church and many who are not today in the church because of deep hurts, deep disappointments, frustrations, and I will just say this as one pastor of one local church, I am really sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, I, I, I hate it when that happens. I regret any and every situation that I, as a local pastor, have had any part in that. Uh, and, and I just want to say that. Just put that out right there. Because we, as any pastor anywhere, we're, we're all very human. As my wife and daughters can fully attest, uh, your pastor is incredibly human, and as are all pastors. And, and our, our churches are filled with people who are also incredibly human. But I, but I regret and I hate it each and every time I hear of an instance of spiritual abuse. And yes, that does happen. Um, I, I, I hate it when, when a church uh, fails to be there for someone in the way that they need it. That happens, and I hate it when that happens. Uh, but it, it does happen. And again, the church is not the kingdom of God, but the church, by God's design, 
is meant to be the primary instrument of the kingdom of God. And that's why our focus here at Vineyard Church of Augusta is so strongly rest on being people of the kingdom and what that looks like. Here's reality. Jesus builds his church with perfectly imperfect people. He does. And I breathe a sigh of relief with that. That's why I get to be included in this thing. And here's a little news for you as well. That's also why you get to be involved. Uh, it's because he, that's, that's God's design. As I look back at that list of the heroes of faith, again, those people, they, some of them were just a big mess, right? And God used them, and he included them, and, and, and he held them up, and he seemed, look what I can do with someone who is willing to give their lives to me and make themselves available to me. And I love that reality, and that gives me hope. That's why I keep showing up every Sunday, guys, all right? Uh, that's, that's the reason, because God loves to use perfectly imperfect people in the, the ministry of his kingdom. And one of the shining examples of that, of course, is the Apostle Peter. And uh, he can be impulsive, he can be insensitive, aggressive, insecure, exuberant, discerning, and sometimes clueless. And God loved, Jesus loved using him. And Jesus spoke these very words to Peter on one of those days that had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Jesus turns to Peter and says in Matthew 16, verse 18, I tell you, Peter, that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And that is, that's a, that's a statement that is not just for the Apostle Peter. That is a, a, a statement for people like you and me who are perfectly imperfect that God loves using us as part of his church. Jesus builds his church with people just like us. Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was the only one who would step out of the boat and walk on water as Jesus invited him to do, but he would later betray Jesus not once, not twice, but three times imperfect people like Peter, imperfect people like you and me. And so I just got to say this, maybe you're new. We've had a lot of new faces here at Vineyard Church over the last several months. If you're new to Vineyard Church and you're looking for a perfect church, I am really sorry. <laughs> but let me just say this. I think you're looking for the wrong thing if you are looking for a perfect church because they don't exist. Uh, but I, I will say this. I do know that God has a church that he is perfectly designed for you to be part of and for you to, to both receive blessing and be a blessing to others. Full confession here, uh, 1990, May of 1990, I was married for one month. Mary Margaret and I were looking for a church home. We visited a number of churches. We visited Vineyard Church of Augusta, which was about a two-year-old church plant over in an unair-conditioned warehouse on Bel Air Frontage Road. We went. I had on a suit and tie. She had on dress and heels. And uh, we went, and it was obvious in the 40 or 50 people that were there that we were visitors. <laughs> People were really nice. The worship was nice. The message was good. But I remember walking to our car after that, looking at Mary Margaret's like, that was nice, but just a little too earthy for me. God has such a sense of humor. Because we kept praying. We we're both followers of Jesus. We knew he had a church family for us. 
And so it's like, God, where do you want us to be? I, the plan was we'll be in Augusta for one year. At least that's what I told Mary Margaret to get her to move here from Charlotte. And I really thought that that was going to be the case, but God had other plans. And we both, as we're praying about this, separately felt like God said, go back to the vineyard. So I just want to say this. Uh, the ultimate guide that you should have for where you should be connecting in terms of a church family is ask the Lord where he wants you to be. Uh, I, I'm like this. There, there are a lot of wonderful people that we've had a chance to meet through the years and I, that I would love to be part of our church, but not if God's not calling them here. And so that's, that's our heart. That's very much our heart. If God's calling you to be part of our church family, we want you here. I, I'm just so thankful that God builds his church with perfectly imperfect people like you and me and that he loves his church and he loves those perfectly imperfect people like you and me and he calls us. And because Jesus loves his church, guess what? You and I need to love his church too. We need to love his church too. And as we come in contact with things that you know, are not real healthy or not real good, and those things do exist, we need to acknowledge them. And we need to also do our part to rectify. If we have any power in, in, in making, you know, people say, well, I go to church, but it's not a really friendly place. Well, guess what? We got a job to do, don't we? And that's a job that every one of us can do. That's not a job that's relegated to our wonderful uh, Connect team that welcomes newcomers uh, here. Uh, they do a fantastic job leading us in that, but that job is not left up to them alone. It's something for everybody, all of us. You are all officially deemed and ordained to be greeters, all right? And, and because there are people that you're going to notice, there are people you're going to see that, that uh, maybe, you know, needed that extra connection on a Sunday morning. You need to go over, introduce yourself. Uh, you know, just you are the ministry team. There's maybe someone that the Lord just shows you highlights in your mind's eye. It's like, I need you to go over and just encourage them, bless them. Just tell them it's good to see them today. Uh, being seen, being noticed is such an encouragement and such a blessing. Jesus loves his church, so should we. Paul talks about just how much Jesus loves his church, and he likens it to a wonderful husband-wife relationship. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. We need to love the church. Yeah, acknowledge our junk and we got it, but also actively ask the Holy Spirit, what can I do to, to be a part of making your church all that you have purposed it to be? What is my part in that? What is my small role, big role, everything in between? John Wimber was uh, the leader of the vineyard uh, for many, many years until he passed away. And I used to, I always loved his analogy of what a church should be. You've heard it before, you will hear it again because it is so straightforward, it is so simple, it is so clear. The church is called to be a family, a place uh, like a home where, where people who are lonely can, can come and find connections. Uh, we're called to be a family. We're called to be a hospital, a place where broken and wounded uh, and sick people can come and experience mending and healing and wholeness. We're called to be a school, a place that equips. Uh, it is not just the, pa the pastor's job to do the ministry of Jesus. Our primary job is to equip everybody here to do the ministry of Jesus. Even this week, 
Uh, I was told of a, uh, of a physician in our church who had an opportunity to pray for one of his patients, and, and God brought healing. Uh, and I look forward to having the person actually share that. It's a really cool story. Um, but I would have had no opportunity to pray for that person in that, that medical room. But he was trained and equipped, and he listens to the Holy Spirit, and he was responsive to what the Holy Spirit was doing. And as a result, healing occurred. So school, uh, and we're also called to be an army because we're in a battle, aren't we? We are in a conflict between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. We know who wins, but the battle still continues. It rages on. And so we need to be fully armed and engaged with the mission that God has called us to, uh, both serving inside the walls of this church, but also outside the walls of this church. Um, I want to wrap up today with this. In the chapter before the heroes of faith, the writer of Hebrews challenges, and he also encourages a, a, a local congregation that was struggling because of all of the outside pressures of the world they found themselves in in, the, in their early history. Um, should sound somewhat familiar. The church has been through those struggles, and then we'll continue to until Jesus returns. But we should have hope. We need to listen to these words of encouragement from Hebrews 10. I want to begin with verse 19. And it's very much, again, in keeping with so many of the songs that we sang this morning that we are part of a family, God's family, uh, the communion of saints in this local church context. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Hang on. Hang on to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us, not, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, how do we do that? By showing up, by not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And get this, all the more as you see the day approaching what is that day? The day of Christ's return. And I don't know when Christ is going to return, but I do know this. It's closer now than it was yesterday or even last week. It's, it's closer now. And so I, I, just, I, I, want to, I want to just talk about the fact that there is something incredibly special. There is something rich. There is something healing that happens when we come together. Uh, these are calls to commitment, to commitment to Christ, but also to his local church. Now, if you've been around the vineyard for any length of time, you know we don't have a formal membership, and I'm not going to get into why that was the decision that was made many, many years ago uh, when the bylaws for this church were created, uh, but please never confuse our lack of a formal membership with any kind of insinuation that we are not calling each person that sees Vineyard Church of Augusta as their church home to a commitment to this local church through Jesus Christ. Uh, that's really, really important. What does that commitment look like? 
Uh, there are lots of things that uh, we could go into, but we as a staff, we, we try to express it in five very simple uh, verbs that are very much rooted in Scripture and are all about us growing as disciples, okay? There is nothing that, that we're looking for. That's nothing that we're going to call you to that, has, that is apart from us being disciples of Christ and growing in our relationship with Christ. Um, and, and the first one is this, to attend, to attend church. Now, before you say, well, attend, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm here, Reese, you know, like a teacher in a classroom and you get a check by your name. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's the first step, okay? It's the first step showing up. But there's more of that word attend that I want to focus on. Think of like if you are a nurse or a doctor at a hospital and you are attending to the needs of your patient. I want us to focus more on seeing church attendance through that framework. That when you walk through that door, if this is your church home, guess what? You are here to minister. You are here to serve. You are here to attend to the needs of one another. That could look different every Sunday. Maybe when you're coming in, you get into a conversation with someone you know or someone you don't know, and all of a sudden, there's this incredible opportunity for prayer. And you don't have to wait to the end of the service for ministry time. Right at that moment, it's like, hey, can I pray for you right now? And it's an opportunity for God's kingdom to come, for the church to be the instrument of God's kingdom that he created us and designed us to be. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just being mindful of looking around. You know what? I haven't met that person before. And, and maybe they've been here for three years. But if you hadn't met them before, they're new to you, right? So just go over. Hi, I'm Reese. I don't think I've had a chance to meet you yet. And maybe you're introverted. And maybe they're introverted, too. And it's going to be a really cool connection. When introverts unite, it's awesome. There's something extra special about that. And, and I, I, just, I just want to encourage you in that. Maybe, it's, maybe that it's something that you, the Lord just gives you a word. And you don't, again, you don't have to wait to ministry time. Uh, you just go over to say something. I just, you were highlighted to me this morning. I was thinking about you on the, on the way here. And I'm so glad I got to see you because I, I feel like God just wanted me to share this word that's encouraging to you, that, that brings comfort or strength to you. And that is not just the assignment of the pastors or just the leaders. We, as the body of Christ, are to be functioning in that way. I, I, I want to say this. I am so thankful that we had uh, the technology to be able to do our live stream. And we love presenting this and having this available. We have so many people that are that I don't even know who they are that, that, that join us. And I love that. And I love that we're able to connect and we're able to uh, have an opportunity to worship with you in your home or wherever you find yourself and uh, that we get to share God's word with you and that we also are able to offer prayer. That is a wonderful thing as part of a beautiful part of technology and that we're going to continue and hopefully even make even better and stronger. Uh, but it does not substitute for the, the personal connection of, of being together. I realize that there are some situations where maybe a person's physical health prohibits them from still being fully engaged uh, with, with, with people and with larger crowds. But I, I also want to say this, and I'm so thankful for people who've just been really honest with me. And they're like, Reese, you know what? We just realized we've just gotten into a really bad habit. We've just gotten out of the habit of coming to church. It's like, well, habit. Is, should I see coming to church as a habit? Hey, I'm okay with that. I mean, 
Habits are good. Habits are life-forming. They shape us. I grew up in a household where it was never a question on Sunday morning, are we going to church today? Do I have to get up and get dressed? That was not a question. And, and it's interesting even looking at uh, you know, sort of cognitive behavior and how when we develop a lot of rituals and a lot of good, healthy habits, it frees us up to use our mental energy to be able to focus on really important things that come up, uh, maybe that we need to give our focus to to make a decision in the moment. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you, make joining together, being part of our church family together on Sunday, make that a, uh, a priority. Make it a good habit uh, that, 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 that can shape you and your family. Uh, it, it's important. Uh, we come, we attend, we give worship to God, but we also are looking out for how we can bless and serve and encourage on, on uh, one another. And I love the fact that when we do that, um, you know, I, I get prayed for. I love it when people come up to me. It's like, Reese, I feel like God gave me a word for you this morning. And, you know, and I, I, I need that. I love that. I welcome that. And, and, and so it's, it goes both ways. So we show up to bless and encourage and serve one another, then, then we are also served. And that goes to the next one, that we serve. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play here at Vineyard Church, but not everybody chooses to. And I got to say, when we don't all find our right place, um, we are probably not the church that God has purposed us to be. So I want to encourage you, and we as a staff and, and our leadership are, are constantly working to develop ways to help you find your right place. We're not just looking at you to say, I've got a slot for you. No. We want to look at how has God gifted this individual? How, what are the callings? What is the history that they have in their life? Where would they fit in in our church? Realizing that church is not a spectator sport. It's not. Everybody gets to play. Everybody's called to be out on the field. So you are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And we're called to do uh, the, the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, who did not come to earth to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He is our ultimate example. So we, 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 we want to attend. We want to serve. And uh, we also want to give. As Angela said so well this morning, uh, we, we, we come and we see giving as an expression of worship. Uh, it's a tangible expression of our worship, and it does enable us to, to care for our church family as well as those who are not yet part of our church. It enables us to minister to and with the poor. It enables us, like we did in the month of February, to give $2,500 with our generosity fund to a, a local ministry that works with the homeless, Compass for Hope. And, uh, and we get to do that every month because of your faithfulness in giving uh, and because we are called to be generous people and God continues to bless us and he calls us to give joyfully and generously and he promises to bless our, our obedience and he always does. So I want to encourage you, wherever you are in that spectrum, uh, just you know whether you give every now and then, just maybe to consider giving regularly. Or maybe you give regularly, but it's not a tithe. Maybe take that step of faith. And say, God, I just want to honor you in this area and, and begin giving closer to a 10% tithe. Uh, and if, 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 if you're already giving there, I know that God, he continues to challenge me uh, to become even more generous as an individual. And, and I encourage you to go that way as well. 
So we, we want to be people who are attending. We want to be people who are serving, giving, connecting, connecting. Who are you joining with? What other saint are you connecting with to grow as a follower of Jesus? In a small group? Maybe it's in a mentoring relationship, a discipleship relationship. Maybe it's in a spiritual uh, direction relationship. But we are called to do life together. This thing of discipleship is not meant to, to go at it alone. We're called to do that. And so we've got a, a summer small group coming up. We had a wonderful uh, small group uh, winter quarter. A huge thanks to Roger for his leadership and Becky McCready uh, for their leadership with our small groups. And uh, a tremendous uh, just outpouring of attendance and, and participation. And our summer small groups are going to be highly relational. Uh, but we want to encourage you to take a look at those so that you can continue to connect and grow as a follower of Jesus. And the final one is, is that. It's grow. It's about growing, taking that personal responsibility in prayer, in, in worship, in scripture reading, in meditating on scripture, those, those spiritual habits that form us and, and shape us into who God's called us to be. I could go on a lot about that, but we, we want to move on. And we're going to celebrate communion together. So the communion of the saints we're celebrating Holy Communion together this morning. And, and when we celebrate communion, we feast with those who are in the past, present, and future disciples of Christ. We're coming. We're giving thanks. We're acknowledging the amazing work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his, his body broken for us, his body that took the, the, the whips and the nails and the beating that was meant for me and for you because of our sin. Jesus took them for us. He paid my debt of sin. He paid your debt of sin. His blood was shed for you and for me so that our sinful hearts could be washed clean. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But Jesus took care of that for all of us. So it's not about me trying to be my best self so that I can come to Jesus. But no, he calls us to come just as we are and to find cleansing, and to find healing, and to find his full acceptance so that we can be made part of the family of God. We come together to the Lord's table because of the eternal life God has given us through his Son and through the Holy Spirit. We come, we give thanks for the body of Christ broken for us, the blood of Christ shed for us. And this meal, this holy meal, it's a family reunion. It really is. It's a family reunion, and there is a place at the table for every single one of us. And, and this is also the beautiful part of it as well. For those who are not yet part of God's family, you haven't prayed to receive Jesus as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. There is a place at the table for you too, a place with your name on it. You're invited I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're doing, what you're planning to do. God loves you, and he invites you to come and to receive his love expressed through his perfect holy son, Jesus, who paid my debt of sin and your debt of sin. And how do we do that? We do that by confessing that, God, I, I, am, I am perfectly imperfect. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against others. I've sinned against myself. I've made really bad choices, and I acknowledge those. And I ask you to forgive me, and I receive your forgiveness, the forgiveness that comes only through 
Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross for you and for me and for the whole world. I put my faith in you, Jesus, and I invite you to come into my heart to lead me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me so that I can become more and more like Jesus. And that's an opportunity that we all have today. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I invite you to, 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 to consider that praying that, to welcome Jesus, to begin being a follower of Jesus, to invite, to be a part of the, the family of God, the communion of saints. That's why I love seeing, you know, very, very broken people like, like, like Jacob and uh, like Rahab on the list of, of, of these, these stalwarts of faith. It gives me hope. God, he loves building his church. He loves including and building his church with perfectly imperfect people. I want to invite you to stand this morning as we... As we come.